What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore? Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Hello, good morning, angels, and welcome back to Morning Ray. I'm your host, Lanny, or Alana, whatever you want to call me, and I am super excited for today's episode of the pod. I'm having one of my close friends, Hunter Saul, come on the pod today. She is currently doing her master's in professional communications at Ryerson University in Toronto, where I go, and she is a freelance writer and a pop culture fanatic. She has her own Instagram and blog called Shut the F Up. I highly recommend you check it out. She is definitely my go-to when it comes to boy advice or anything Lanny B Fit related. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear what she has to say. But until then, let's get into my segments. So weekly intention. My intention for the week is to try to eat as many home cooked meals as possible and to really focus them around whole foods. I've been eating a lot of takeout and I want to try not only one cook at home, just like to try be in the kitchen more and prepare my meals and know what's going into my meals, but also to save a little money because it can get expensive. So that is my plan and my goal and it has been my goal for last week too so that's my weekly intention leading into my tip of the week which kind of coincides with this but it's to plan ahead I'm actually really inspired by Leah hey Leah I know you're listening because you're editing but Leah always plans out her family's dinners at the beginning of each week which I'm honestly really inspired by and I kind of want to start doing the same I used to plan out my meals more obviously I'm not going to plan out every single meal but I think it could be fun to plan out dinners whether it be for myself or myself and my family to kind of switch up the recipes that I'm making to change up what I'm making in the kitchen and get inspired and also to think ahead of my future self This plan ahead tip is really important and can be applied into many areas of your life. And I always like to say, think of your future self. So I find, especially with work, I'm thinking last minute about how I'm going to eat, what I'm going to bring with me. And then I often end up buying food on the go, which can add up. And so I just want to think of my future self, plan ahead. I also don't want to rush. I've been cutting time short. So overall, plan ahead in terms of time management and meal prep. So leading into what my therapist said, this is your guys' favorite segment. I love sharing this with you. And this week's conversation with my therapist was a little bit different. Last week, had a call with a psychic and did a psychic reading. And I'm going to be honest, 
I've always really wanted to do one. Do I believe in it 110%? Probably not, but it was a really cool experience. It was really emotional and it left a lot of things on my mind that I was constantly like overthinking and thinking, oh, what if like she's right? What if this does come true? Stuff like that. And so I brought it up with my therapist. So this is what she said. Our relationships with our parents or family members and the feelings that we coincide with those relationships have the ability to impact the way in which we go about and view our relationships with others, whether they be platonic, so friendships, or romantic. So for me, something that came up in my psychic reading was that I often felt like I had to raise myself growing up, that I felt alone, that I felt not good enough. So I actually did feel this. I felt like I was always so much younger than my family. My sister's eight years older than me. To put this in perspective, when I was in grade four, my sister had left for university. And me being so much younger than my family, it sometimes led me to feel like I was not worthy or good enough to engage in conversation with them. I sometimes had a feeling of being left behind or that I wasn't mature enough and my therapist and I drew the conclusion that this translated over into my relationships with my friends and love interests and I didn't feel like I was ever valued or wanted by them in the same way that I valued them. I constantly felt like I was putting forth more effort than they were putting towards me and that is all about like my perspective and I could have very much been attracting people into my life that did act that way towards me because I perceived myself in that way that I wasn't good enough and the way that you think about yourself is the type of people you are gonna attract and allow them to see yourself that way too. So at the end of the day, it's important that if you see a reoccurring pattern in your relationships, whether they be platonic or romantic, maybe reflect back on to your relationship with your family members, whether it be siblings, parents, grandparents, cousins, etc. And look and see how that has impacted and translated into your other relationships. Now on to my current favorites. You guys already know if you follow me on my Instagram and saw my stories at Lanny Be Fit. And it's the combination of avocado toast with red chili flakes and honey. Guys, I was sleeping on it. Kylie Jenner apparently came up with it. I've been seeing it in my avocado. I take it half an avocado. I mash it in a bowl. I add a little bit of lime juice, salt, and pepper, and then I'll add around two tablespoons of hemp hearts. Now, you're probably wondering, Alana, why the heck are you putting hemp hearts in your avo? Well, I use the hemp hearts for a little extra protein and omegas, and it's super easy. You don't really taste it. And then I will put that on my toast. I've been using Ezekiel bread, but right now I have a loaf of Dave's Killer Bread, the 21 grain thin slice. I just like the thin slices better sitting in my freezer and I'm so fucking excited for it on the conversation of food. I've also been obsessed with pesto, specifically pesto pasta with salmon. What I like to do is I'll use a brown rice quinoa pasta and it's honestly amazing. The texture is perfect. It doesn't bloat me. It doesn't feel heavy. I really like it. And then I'll put a little bit of the pesto on there. I'll cook salmon in the oven with lemon juice, olive oil, salt, at 400 degrees Fahrenheit for around like 15 minutes, maybe a little less. And the pesto I've been using is by the Sunflower Kitchen. I use their basil pesto. I love how it's vegan and it's made with sunflower oil and it's made locally. Really highly recommend. If you guys haven't tried pesto, definitely don't sleep on it. So my third favorite, walks outside. You guys know I loved my walks outside in the summer. I would walk really long, like 5 to 10K, depending on the day, depending on my mood. And something about walking outside in the winter just hits different, especially if it's blue skies and sunny. It just 
it's a different feeling. I've been feeling the need to get outside and get some fresh air and alone time to unplug, especially with being in another lockdown. It's been really nice just to get outside, get some fresh air, some movement in, and just zone out and kind of meditate in a way. It's just super calming and it's a good reset. So I highly recommend getting outside. Even if it is cold outside, it's cold here in Canada. I'm getting outside. I'm bundling up. I highly recommend and it's great. Like it's a little midday break movement. And now for my last fave, it's Justin Bieber's Anyone. This song came out on New Year's Day but he did perform it live at his New Year's Eve performance and that live performance of the song just hits differently. I did not watch it live, but it is on YouTube. It is so amazing. You guys know I'm a believer since day one, Mrs. Bieber over here, but I really do like that song and you have to listen to the live performance. The vocals are just next level. Not that like the recorded version is bad, but like both are amazing, but like the New Year's Eve version just like hits. And now I'm going to be bringing Hunter onto the pod. I'm so excited and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. So I am here with my friend Hunter. Welcome to the pod, Hunter. Thanks. It's great to be here. So for those who don't know you, who are you? Where are you from? And what is your zodiac sign? All right. So for those who don't know me or just like listening now, my name is Hunter Saul. I'm 22 years old from Toronto, Canada. My zodiac sign is a Virgo, and I'm currently a master's student at Ryerson University in professional communication. Wow, look at you. So what kind of led you to want to do a master's, and how did you decide that you wanted to do a master's in communications? I actually fell into it. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer from the age of three all the way till literally 21. Like September of fourth year, I realized I didn't want it. And I had essentially a midlife crisis, like a quarter life crisis <laughs> where I was like, I based my whole life around being a lawyer. Like, I don't know what I want to do now. Essentially freaking the fuck out and having an existential crisis. <laughs> and like, I like, call my mom every day and be like, I don't know what I want to do. And the thing that made this entire situation worse was like, I was really upset in myself that like, I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer. I had gone through the LSAT, I'd written it, and I did like strictly average, but it wasn't motivating to do better. I was just kind of like, I don't like this. I don't Mm -hmm. want it. And that was like a sign to me. And then I was still going to apply to Ryerson's law program because it was like new this year. So you didn't need a minimum score. And I sat down to write my application and I had nothing that I wanted to say. I had nothing like substantial or good that I thought would make me stand out. And I realized that that was probably a sign I shouldn't be applying just because like if I have nothing interesting to say and, and I'm not excited to write this application, I shouldn't be applying. So I ended up going to a career coach. We did Myers-Briggs. We did literally every single freaking personality test in the book. Oh my everything. God. I had never really looked at myself in that way just because I was like, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. That's it. Like why do I have to go through this process? And so I had to like put in all this work to realize what I wanted to do. And I just kind of like got my results and it said communications, journalism, PR, like all that kind of field. Mm-hmm. And so I applied to post-grad programs at like Humber, Seneca. And then I also applied to a master's of journalism at Ryerson. And then I applied to a master's of communication at Ryerson. And I got into professional communication and I just kind of realized that like, that was where I wanted to go and accepted and here we are. I love how like you totally like normalize that it's okay to wake up in fourth year and be like, I don't want to be a lawyer. It's okay to change. I guess what I had in my favor was I also knew what I didn't want to do. It's not like I realized, oh, I love science. I should have been a nurse or something. Like I've never been, I've been more of like a social science kid. So at least I knew that like 
I wasn't going to regret not taking science. Like I knew that I wasn't going to want to pursue that regardless mm-hmm. of if I didn't want to be a lawyer. Yes. Like there were so many other options, but I kind of minimized that for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I knew where I wanted to focus. That was kind of like me in high school. I did like sciences, but the second I dropped them, like in grade 11, I didn't regret it at all. Like I was so much more driven and motivated and like passionate towards all the business courses, even the ones that I didn't like as much. I liked them so much more than my yeah. science courses. And I preferred studying. I guess it kind of like fell into my lap with my Instagram, like the human body, health, and nutrition from a much more like laid back approach, I guess you could say, like my own personal learning, opposed to like from an academic, like yeah. you have to memorize this and be able to put it on paper in a test. So it's great that you were able to realize that. But how was your transition from undergrad to master's? Like, what was it like? I know it's a bit different with us being in a pandemic and school being online, and it's not like you're transitioning to a new campus. But what would you say the transition was like? And do you have any tips for someone who might be making this transition sometime soon? I found it kind of easier, actually, because in my program, there's only you take four courses in the fall. And then you take three classes in the winter plus an internship. So it's kind of like, I guess, a co-op class where Mm -hmm. it's past fail. So I found it was easier because I still at the end of the day had less courses than I did in undergrad. So it was a lot easier to balance my time. And also I was just really fortunate that my schedule fell that I only had class two classes Monday, two classes Thursday. So like, I really didn't have an excuse to not get my shit together and to not like balance it out. My number one tip, get an agenda, color code lists are your best friend I found I was making so many lists like my list had list where I would just do like everything all my assignments and then what I wanted to do for a day like everything was just split up in so many different things just because that's how I personally like to like look at mm-hmm. it and just seeing it written down rather than in my head and what I did also like a lot of due dates will change for this semester and that's an undergrad or grad school regardless in the beginning of the semester mm-hmm. I'd write down all my due dates and I got the like those midliners and I would color code those and I would color code Everything is color-coded. Literally, Lanny is holding up the midliner right now. (laughs) And I would write down my due dates and I'd highlight them, excuse me. And then I would also just write out one, like, I don't know why I would do this, but I still would write out what time I had classes. Even if it was like November, I would have my Monday class written, even though I knew I was waking up because I wasn't really going anywhere. Like, it just made it a lot easier for me to look at my day and be like, hey, I'm busy from nine to three or whatever this is what else I can do and and how I can work around what I'm doing. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think just writing everything down and and putting it on paper or if you like a digital calendar more, whatever works for you, like just having it somewhere visually so that you can understand when everything is. Also, obviously like things change. One of my friends literally in October made a list of all of our due dates and by November we were like, screw this, they've all changed. Mm -hmm. But at least like, knowing when things are due and and making sure that you have those dates and important things cemented will really really help also making like a checklist on Monday and being like this is everything I have to do for the week and then writing it out in your agenda and planning it out and spreading it out so like say I have reading so I have to mark for the class that I TA for I put that on Monday and I cross it off my checklist and then I know that that was scheduled in so a lot of it is just organization like I know in high school teachers are always like when you go to university, like the teachers aren't going to care about you or like you're going to have to figure it out all on your own. Would you say professors and masters are even more like geared back, I guess, like they won't remind you or they kind of put more responsibility on you? Yes and no. Like they definitely will be like, hey, like don't forget that this is due next week. Like just like casually will say it. 
or they'll say like at the beginning of class, do you have any questions about assignment X or, or this or that? And they'll talk it through with you. But I find a lot of my professors have constantly said like, if you are struggling this semester because it's all online and like reach out and like we'll work to set up a like extend a deadline or whatever. Yeah. Like, they genuinely care. Whereas I guess it's different in like first year, for example, where it's a hundred kids, they don't know you. They definitely like, and my professors also do this thing where like, they don't really care about, okay, this sounds way worse than I mean, right? But they don't care about due dates, but like, they just care that you get your shit done. Like yeah. that's really it. One of my professors is like, we had a due date pushed back a week. And then he goes, honestly, I don't really care when you submit it. Just make sure it's in by the end of the semester. A lot of my professors, and maybe it's because I'm in a communication program, they really just care about communication and they don't really care when it's in as long as it's in at least it depends on the assignment obviously but yeah. I understand that like the professors are hands-on in the fact that like they care about you as people but in terms of getting your work done like they just care that it's done they don't care mm. when necessarily but like if you need an extra three days tell them they'll give it to you done easy yeah I find like yeah. that's a common theme especially at Ryerson even me doing my undergrad there Compared to Laurier when I was there, like the approach that the professors have and their care for your mental health and your mental well-being is so much greater than that. And it could also be that I'm in an upper year and you're in master's. So the classes are smaller. You have a bit more of an intimate relationship, I guess, with your professor as opposed to just being another number. But they really do care and they're pretty flexible. And that could also be with the pandemic, but they're super flexible and understanding. And I've gotten so much assistance and help and communication with my professors this semester more than I have in the past. Yeah. And like, so I'm a TA for an undergrad communications course. And I, I don't care if a student asks for an extension, like by all means, take it. Like I'm more than happy to give it to you, but I don't have the power to sign off on it. So I have to go to like the prof or I have to tell them to email the prof. And I'm always CC'd in the prof. Like literally we'll just be like, let's talk about it. When do you want the time? Like let's, let's communicate. So I think mm-hmm. it's just really like taking the step to go to your professor. And as long as I think you communicate, most professors will be willing and, and caring. Yeah, for sure. So you recently started an Instagram page and blog, I said blog, blog, blog. called shoutthefup.ca. What led you to create this platform and what continues to inspire you? So I have always been like celebrity obsessed. I don't know where it came from, but my bat mitzvah, like when I was 13, my parents took me to LA as a bat mitzvah present. And my parents and I were going to Mr. Chow's and there was, I guess, like a TMZ photographer outside. My dad had been walking ahead of me and my mom and I guess he spoke to the TMZ guy earlier, whatever. We get to the front of the restaurant and the TMZ guy looks at me and my mom and goes, oh my God, I heard Jennifer Aniston's going to be here tonight. And 13 of me, so excited, super amped up, like sitting at the restaurant the entire night, staring, waiting for this girl. Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston never showed up. I was heartbroken. My dad later told me that he paid the TMZ guy like 20 bucks to tell me that because like he thought it would make me happy. Like I was <laughs> always, and then she never showed up. Oh my God. <laughs> we still joke about it. It's been like eight, nine years and we still joke about it. But I've always really loved celebrities. I've always loved pop culture. So I used to be a writer for my therapist says, and I wrote for them from for two and a half years, like from second year until just about earlier this year. And I think what led me to create my platform was like, I was working for free essentially, which like totally wasn't the issue. Like I didn't care about not getting paid. Like that wasn't why I was doing it. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was kind of like, I'm writing. Why wouldn't I just want to work for myself and see where this takes me? So that was kind of my inspiration where I was like, I can write about all the same things. I was writing about pop, pop culture, lifestyle. I must have said pop style, pop culture, (laughs) lifestyle, celebrities, wellness, 
dating, literally everything under the sun that I was writing about before, but why not just work for my, like myself and see if I can grow it and, and take it somewhere. So currently the blog or the physical website is like being developed on the back end and mm. I'm writing content and all of that. So I think what just continues to inspire me is I just look for stuff that like I would want to see, or, like that I care about. It's hard on the celebrity front because I'm a full-time student also. So like if I'm in class, and like something big happens, like, I don't know, like say so Ariana Grande got in yeah. yesterday, but say this happened like three weeks ago when I was in the middle of class, like I couldn't necessarily post about it or do something just because like, I'm not as much as I want to be constantly plugged in. Like I still have other things going on. Yeah. So that I, that's definitely the hardest, but I try my best to just be like, okay, like what news stories do I think are important or what news stories like matter to me? Like, like celebrity news stories or like what funny like memes do I like or, or what? I call it like the website or I guess the Instagram or whatever it's going to become because there is mm-hmm. an Instagram and there's going to be a blog but it's a little bit of everything with a whole lot of humor and sass a holistic look at everything <laughs> that that uh, it's just looking I at it. everything <laughs> I love it. And I love the aesthetic and it's so fun to look at and it's so playful and flirty and young and thriving. It's like 30 flirty. (laughs) 30 flirty and thriving. Like I write the way I talk sometimes or like I'll be talking to my friends and I'll be like, oh my God, wait, this is great for shut the F up. Or like my (laughs) friends will say things to me and I'm like, oh, I'll give you credit, but like I may take this. Like one of my friends sent me a, a Snapchat being like, this wasn't the 2020 experience that Justin Timberlake promised. And I was like, that's amazing. I might borrow that. One thing that I think might be like, like hard in the sense of inspiration also is like writer's block or creativity block. And I know you struggled with that with Lanny Be Fit and yeah. podcasting and blogging. Is I find I like put pressure on myself to like be witty or funny and that like blocks it because it's like, great. Like now I, I'm working extra hard. So that is like, I think one thing that like I struggle with with in terms of inspiration. But other than that, yeah that's the blog (laughs) I find when I like put the least amount of pressure on myself and kind of just be spontaneous with what I want to write and share it gets the best feedback it performs the best like it comes easier so if you're ever feeling super uninspired or feeling burnt out I know I have been like these past couple of days just take it easy remove those pressures and kind of just let it come to you it sounds like really like foo-foo but like it really will come to you what was it like writing for my therapist says being super busy can make it really easy to fall into a dinner time recipe rut or even with your lunches any meal honestly can get you into a rut especially with a busy schedule this fall You can keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week, so there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. It's truly a no-brainer. It does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-proportioned and ready to cook along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. It's never been easier. I personally love HelloFresh as a way to get exposure to new recipes, make my life a bit easier as a busy 20-year-old in the city, and I love that it's worry-free, it's super easy, it's convenient, and gets delivered straight to my door. Go to HelloFresh.com 50Ray and use code 50Ray for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50RAE and use code 50Ray, 50RAE for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And thank you for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. It was really exciting. 
because I really didn't expect them to hire me. Like they basically said that they were looking for interns and I didn't know what that meant. Like I literally thought it was to be their assistant and I was like so excited. So I slid in the DMs kind of aggressively. Being, like I'm from, cause they're from Toronto also. And I was like, I'm from Toronto. I'd love to work with you. Like aggressively, like if I was a fuck boy sliding in the DMs, I probably would have gotten blocked. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of aggressively, kind of. Like, no, just like in all capitals, like super excited. Like I had taken a million five hour energy. Like, it was just really, and I wanted to be one of the first people to respond. So that's why I was really gung-ho about it. And they were like, we're looking for writing interns. Can you send us stuff? And I was like, sure. So I wrote a bunch of like sample articles and they emailed me and they were like, oh, we want you to like do, I think it was pop culture. And I was so excited and it was super, like, it was super great. And I really loved working for the team and, and working with them. And it was just, like, I found like kind of my niche through that. And I think if I hadn't written for my therapist as at all, I wouldn't have realized that I wanted to go into communications either because mm-hmm. I was like writing all these cool celebrity related things. And I was like, this is perfect for me. But if I hadn't been writing it, I probably wouldn't have realized that that was a path I wanted to take. So that I think was really helpful just making me realize like what was my niche and, and what was good for me. It was just, a, it was honestly a great experience. Like there's not anything else I can really say other than I had so much fun writing. I was felt like it really helped me with my creativity. And it was also a great break from school. Did you write when you applied and you, or no, you just like kind of decided to write articles and it worked out for you? So I've always really liked writing. Like I've always been a creative writer in school and I've always been like, like English was one of my favorite subjects in school. And I've always been more of like a creative writer where I really like taking ideas and like working with them. But I had never really like written articles the way they had wanted before. And so they said like, just literally just write an article, whatever you want to talk about, just like send it in. So I did the HQ one. I talked about Nick Vile, The Bachelor, and I submitted those. You didn't have like too much experience, but you just went with the flow and you learned on the go. And I feel like that's really important to kind of remember. My mom used to always tell me whenever I was looking at job positions that, yes, you may not have all the qualifications they're looking for, but if you have something and there's you're someone like you're a candidate that they'd be somewhat interested in and you're willing to learn and you're willing to grow and challenge yourself, then like you could totally get the job. You could totally get the internship. You just have to put yourself out there. And I think also one thing that like I'm a really big proponent of is the art of the self-pitch. Like I am the biggest advocate for being your own advocate where like when I messaged my therapist, I was like, I slid in. I was like, I don't have much experience. I'd love to work for you. Or so part of my program is I have to have an internship in second semester and I got a position with Mutual Friends Agency, which is located in Toronto and they have a lot of like local brands like Lisa Gauzen Jewelry and, and Coco Market and cool brands that like you and I both use. Mm-hmm. And they literally weren't looking for anyone. And I messed, emailed their one of their co-founders and I just pitched myself saying, here's all the information with this internship. I'd love to work with you. I love your approach. And I gave them details about what I liked about them and, and where I'd like to focus. And I ended up getting the job. Like, I think if you can just put yourself out there and just give a pitch about yourself, companies will, I've, even if you don't get the job, companies and higher ups or, or executives, whatever you want to call them, will appreciate that so, so much because you're putting yourself out there and you're making yourself stand out. And like, it's, don't do like, a, if you're a bit of cold email, don't do a classic like, hi, my name is like, prove that you've done the research, prove that like you bring something different to the table and that will get you so, so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never really know what's going to happen. And the worst thing that can happen is they say no, or they don't respond. And if they don't respond, they probably won't even like remember. So you can totally reach out again. Like there's no and harm cool. in reaching out. <laughs> can also just like fine if they don't respond in two weeks 
go back to your scent, like in your scent box, reply to yourself and, or like, I guess, or forward, whatever it is, and be like, hi, so-and-so just following up and want to make sure you got my email. And even if they thought and didn't like choose to respond, we'll see it again and be like, oh, this kid has balls. And then like, they'll actually either look back into it or not respond again. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> like even with Lulu, I couldn't make the group interview that I was like offered for Von Mills. So what did I do? I kept emailing the managers until they responded and got myself an individual interview. And here I am a year later working at Lululemon. So, <laughs> you gotta just go after whatever you want and be gutsy like don't like look back like who cares exactly exactly <laughs> so as friends one of the things we always talk about are boys and relationships <laughs> how did you navigate your way through the Toronto dating scene so I didn't care. And what I mean by that is like, yes, I cared. But I would just, like you're talking about with jobs, put myself out there. Say I was talking to a guy. I didn't want to get stuck in that app apathy where like you're just either matching on every other app seven different times and you're just talking and it never goes anywhere. Or you're like texting for a while, but you neither of you make plans. And it was also different because I was at school. So like I would come home for weekends and be like, I'm home for a weekend. Like I want to see someone I'm talking to. So I would just be like, oh, when are we going for drinks? Like I'd actively initiate a plan. And like, I didn't care if they said no, but like I'd actively initiate a plan that way. It's like they knew I wasn't kind of like playing around or just like there for the attention that talking to someone would give me. But like I went to text with a guy being like, I'm home for a weekend. And we'd been like talking on and off, but like never just went out. Mm-hmm. And I texted the guy being like, I'm coming home this weekend. Maybe I'll let you take me out on a date. <laughs> and- <laughs> Which, like, the fact that I said that, like, I, is absurd, but, like, we ended up going out on a date. And so I think I just didn't care, like, what people thought. Because if a guy's going to judge me for putting myself out there and making the first move, and, like, because he expects me to sit and wait for him, like, that's not someone I want to be with anyway. Yeah. But I just didn't care, and I just kind of, like, I would make plans, and or I would message first. I If I matched with someone, I would message them first. I thought they were cute. Like, why, why not? I also, the one thing I would try is if I actively knew people were friends, because I've been in this situation a million times, if I knew that they were boys, I just wouldn't want to make things messy, just like, it just never ends well for anybody, that I would always try and either actively avoid it or like say something to one person and and be like, look, I'm talking to your buddy, like, I don't want to make things messy between anyone. And that was, I think, the one thing that I always kind of like would use to navigate. But other than that, I just really had fun with it. And and if I thought someone was cute, I'd message them or, or make a plan. And yeah. Is there a dating app that you prefer to use? Like, what would you say is your best pick? Like, if you have to download only one dating app right now, what would it be? I mean, I've been out of the game for almost two years, so there's a lot more on the market. Yeah. I'm really I'm really intrigued by Locks Club. Would I download it? Like, if that was the one, probably not, but I just think it's really interesting. I probably think Hinge, and maybe I'm biased because that's where I met my boyfriend, but I just think Hinge lets you actually see a person for who they are. Whereas, like, normally you're just swiping, like, for J-Swipe or Tinder or Bumble, you're just swiping through photos and, like, yeah, you want to see someone's attractive, but, like, I also want to see someone that's funny or witty and, like, has personality, and if they don't care about, like, probably go on hand, I'm not saying you have to be, like, the funniest or wittiest with your prompt. But I want to see someone who has a personality and, like, isn't just a pretty face. Yeah, I would probably say, like, Hinge was my favorite and now Locks Club has been so much fun. And I kind of like how Locks Club has a cap on how many swipes you can go through. Because, like, if you think about it, like, if you're out at a bar, you're not going to be going up to, like, a million guys and, like, 
going through them like so fast you can only really like scout like so many people at a time or like match with so many people so I like how it only has around five and that way you're also just not like mindlessly swiping and you can be a lot yeah. more intentional the amount of times I've mindlessly swiped or like I've gotten the guy's number or like we've maybe texted for a day and I'll like go through my phone and like find random guys' names and be like, I mastered him on an app once. Like there are so many random names in my phone that I was just like, oh, failed J swipe. But like also it's nice because sometimes like there have been guys that I've met on a dating app and, and gone on dates with and like it didn't work out. But like I really enjoyed them as a person and now we're friends. Yeah, no, you can totally become friends and it's a great way to become friends too. And that's also like the kind of the cool thing with Bumble because you can switch and you can also find like girlfriends and you can network too. And I know you can network on Raya as well. Raya is kind of like an exclusive dating app. Like Locks Club is kind of based off of Raya, but it's like the Jewish version for anyone that doesn't know. I've seen a lot of celebrities on Raya when I was using it. Like I saw David Dobrik and then I saw Niall Horan. No, I did not match with them, but I did like them. So... (laughs) I feel like you and me are the same like type of person within like our friendship circles like we're the person that people come to like for questions or advice about like anything because we just seem to have like this wealth of like knowledge about the most random things. I could tell you the most absurd stuff like the amount of times my friends would be like how do you know that and I'm like I, I don't know. It's the reason my friends call me Siri because <laughs> just random facts you ask a question and I have an answer. <laughs> Oh, my friends call me a hunter wiki. Like, I just know, but I'm, like, really good with, like, dating apps. You're, like, people will send me photos, like, do you know him? Do you know her? And I'm, like, yeah, yeah, like, that's so-and-so. And everyone's, like, well, what? Maybe that's why your parents named you Hunter. Because you're able to hunt to find the information. Information? <laughs> Probably. Probably. What about your current relationship is different from your past relationship? It's without a doubt, 110%, probably the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Like, it's the most normal, and it's, like, kind of scary in a sense, because, like, I'll, like, do something, and, and my boyfriend won't bat an eye, and I'm so not used to it. Like, I once, one night, went out at school, and because we were long distance, he was in Toronto, and I was at, um, in Kingston, and I went out with a bunch of my guy friends, and it was, like, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I had gotten drunk for a night at one of my guy friends' house, and he was, like, you're not walking, like... Kingston was pretty safe, but he, my friend was like, I'm not letting you walk home alone at three o'clock in the morning. Like, I just don't feel right about it. And I slept at his because he was like, I'm not going to pay. It's like stupid to cab. It was, wasn't far enough to warrant a cab, but he didn't feel right letting me walk. So mm-hmm. he's like, just sleep at mine. And I texted my boyfriend being like, hey, this is what happened. I slept here, like, like a whole thing. And he was like, oh, I'm just so glad you're safe. And I was like, pardon like what you're not yelling at me (laughs) I was like you're not mad like and like this is a guy friend that I had history with before also that like obviously that's all in the past like we're just strictly friends now so I was expecting to be like hey like I don't care that you slept there but like because of your past with him maybe like it the optics wouldn't have looked good yeah he literally was like I'm just so glad you're safe that was so nice of me to let you sleep there like and like make sure that you were okay like you know I just care like that you had a good night and and all this stuff and I was like so thrown off because I've had boyfriends that have gotten mad at me for having guy friends or or for being really close to certain guys and so this is like a very refreshing change it's just very weird to have someone that doesn't care about stuff like that like like we don't really fight as much as like we just get into like little arguments but yeah this I think 110% just like healthy open communication just like a lot of trust 
And like, there's no reason for us not to touch each other, but there's just a lot of like healthy benchmarks and, and things that I just didn't have in previous relationships. That's like a really refreshing change. And also like my boyfriend is literally the most supportive person in the world. Like he's like like a metaphorical broad, just like always there to lift me up. <laughs> I think he'd really appreciate that I just compared him to that. I've never talked to him. That's so good. And it's really like nice. I mean, I haven't always had like the healthiest relationships, like on a more, I guess, like not so serious, like casual level. So it's nice to know that like, it is possible and it's totally achievable. And you don't have to be like old for it to happen. It can happen when you're young. Cause I feel like sometimes you feel like boys are just like incapable at a young age. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's so weird because, like, my sister was around, like, her mid-20s when she met her now husband. And my brother got, like, met his wife at a later age, like, early 30s. So what you kind of see, like, both that for me, I saw both ends of the spectrum of, like, being, like, a really good relationship, like, at, met at an older age versus, like, a younger age. Or, like, my parents are both on their second marriage and, like, they're a great couple. So, like, they were, like, really a later age. So it's kind of, like, you just find your person in general, not necessarily at a specific age, I guess. Yeah. And I feel like it's like so easy to get caught up in like wanting to find your person like right away, but they will come when they're meant to find you and you'll find each other and it'll be so much more worth it. A hundred percent. What is a piece of advice you can give to our audience if they haven't been in a relationship before or they're maybe having trouble navigating the dating scene, especially now with COVID and lockdowns happening again? So two things. So one about if you're having trouble like navigating the dating scene or just like you haven't been in a relationship, what Lainey just said, like your person will come. Every relationship I've been in previously, I thought was my forever. Like I thought that was who I was going to marry. I'm like, clearly I'm not with them still. And I think it's also important to take like something from every relationship. Like me and my high school boyfriend are still friends. Like we broke up because he was going to a different university and I was still in Toronto. But like I've learned so much from him. And I mean, I've learned like things of what I don't want from other relationships if you can take something away that's the benchmark of like a relationship even if it's what you don't want um and I think 100 percent your person will come it is very rare that your first relationship is your person like it is maybe 99 percent doesn't happen so like your forever will come but it's not going to be your first or second like it won't be right away and so don't rush it don't get down on yourself if you guys break up and you're like oh like it was supposed to be forever like you're not with him anymore for a reason. You're not with her anymore for a reason. In terms of COVID lockdown navigating, you have to get really creative. Oh, we can go on a walk or, oh, let's do a FaceTime coffee date or, oh, like, let's do this. If a person wants to see you and wants to get to know you, they will make the effort and they'll be like, let's do X, Y, Z. If they're like not willing or they're like, oh, like, just come over at 11 o'clock at night like, and they don't care that the pandemic, they just want the booty, like, don't go. Mm-hmm. I think you just really have to just like kind of think outside the box. But there are so many ways around it. You have to be willing to come up with those creative solutions. Yeah. And I think that if you haven't been open to using a dating app before, go for it. Just try it. Give it a shot. Or if you still really don't feel comfortable using a dating app, reach out to your friends and see if they have any mutual friends or people that they could introduce you to that you could start talking to and meet them that way because it's not like you're going to a bar or you're out and about and you're going to run into someone or meet someone. So if you are looking to meet people just go in with the mind that I want to meet people and if something comes out of this and something comes out of it it will give you a lot more of like an open mindset and you won't find yourself feeling like as down about it if say something doesn't inspire from it and 
I think also on that point, like say you're not feel comfortable like seeing people because you don't know who else like they've seen like totally fine just like if you want to see someone and like you're not you're being COVID safe like do a face do a distance whatever so I think like just verbalize like I'm not comfortable because of the situation I live at home whatever it is but let's do this because as long as you kind of come up with an alternative or, or a solution that I think is also important because it's like the effort or the it's 50 50 with any conversation or any plans or whatever that you should be suggesting alternatives or, or, you know, having a conversation about that. Yeah. And if you do choose to meet them in person, like I know it's really awkward and especially like on a first date to like ask these things, like, where have you been? Like, how are you staying safe? Are we going to wear masks? Are we staying socially distant? Are we going to take off our masks to kiss? Stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's really awkward. Like it's your first time meeting them or your second or third, but it's important to talk about these things because at the end of the day, like your safety is a priority right now. And these are things that you should talk about. And it will maybe even help like your communication with that relationship, whether it turns into something romantic or platonic, or maybe it's a networking opportunity. It will just show that like you're able to communicate and you're mature about it too. Yeah. And like think of masks as like condoms, essentially. Like if you're having sex, no, but it's true. Like if you're having sex with someone, like would you like just like, not discuss it or would you stop and be like do you have a condom are you protected are you on the pill like it's the same type of idea so I don't know why there'd be like an idea of it being awkward that's so true so we touched on this a bit earlier about your experience in your second year of university so when and how did you start talking to a therapist and what is kind of like your journey with that so first of all big big proponent of the everyone being in therapy if you don't think you need to be in therapy like like it's always good to talk to someone I, in this case, did need to go to therapy. I've always been, like, a really anxious person. Or, like, I used to always have, like, mega temper tantrums where, like, my mom would call them meltdowns where I would just, like, shut down and, like, freak the fuck out. Like, you that know, was like kid. me. <laughs> and, like, I would have them over literally the dumbest things. Like, if I felt the world were wrong, like, I'd freak out. Like, during a sentence, I would freak out. And we never really knew what it was. Like, we thought I was just, like, a hyper-strung, like, a super high-strung child. And, like, it's kind of carried on throughout middle and high school where, like, I would just get super stressed easily. And it's, like, like I was known in high school for, like, just being the girl that always cried. Like, I was just always crying. I got really stressed. Like, one of my superlatives in high school was, like, most likely to just combust from stress. I was just super high strung. And, like, it was a well-known thing. And I used to joke about it with everyone. But, like, I didn't really think there was anything deeper below it. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, like, knew that that was me. Like, I went to my doctor and we talked about he diagnosed with generalized anxiety. And I was, like everything makes so much more sense like everything in my life like yeah makes so much sense so I, I lived with that and then I kind of like dealt with it on and off in first year just kind of like adjusting but it wasn't super bad and, and in second year I just was really unhappy homecoming we had a party on Friday night the actual day was Saturday so you, I was drinking Friday night all day Saturday I've been drinking for 36 hours straight, essentially. That's a lot of alcohol. I've done that. It's not, it's really not good. (laughs) It's really not good. But I thought I was thriving, so I didn't fucking, like, I didn't care. And also, every guy in my life at the time that was important to me was at my school for homecoming. So my ex-boyfriend, a guy I'd been on and off with, was coming from, like, another school. All of these factors came together. And I essentially just, like, broke. Just, like, couldn't handle it. It was, like, the Sunday after homecoming. I just, like, had a complete breakdown. And I was like, this is really like another level. And I left school for two weeks. I came home. I like saw a therapist. I saw my doctor. 
I then arranged to get a therapist in Kingston. And I, like, I didn't want to come home for the entire semester and I didn't want to come home for the second year because I was like, at this point, to start a complete new school in the middle of the year, like it, that will just compound my problems. So I took some time off back to school and then I got a therapist in November of 2017. And that was really, I think, like everything that happened. I knew I had all these problems that like I needed to sort out. And I think what happened to me after homecoming when I had been drinking and, and doing all these things was really like the wake-up call that I needed to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Went, met her, told her my life story, like I just told you. Yeah. And I worked with her from halfway through second year all the way until I graduated for like two and a half years. So you guys probably got really, like you got really comfortable with her and she was able to call you out (laughs) for everything. She would call me out and the best piece of advice that she ever said to me was, I have my own rule book and I expect people to act how I would act. And part of why like that gets me into situations is not everyone lives by the hunter's book of rules. Yeah. (laughs) I've only (laughs) been seeing the therapist I'm seeing right now consistently. I think it's two months now I don't know something around that but (laughs) I definitely feel that my communication is a lot better and I'm I'm in cognitive behavioral therapy for anxiety so it's allowed me to really be able to shift the perspective that I see things and to also be more empathetic in a way by putting myself in other people's shoes and being able to see how they saw my actions and why they reacted to my actions in the way that they did. So if you are currently on the edge and you're listening to this about going to therapy, you don't need to have an issue or something like that brings you to your breaking point to bring you to therapy. Like you shouldn't have to get to that point in order to talk to someone. Like it's important for everyone to have a non-biased like opinion and like a professional to be able to help you work through your thoughts and become more in tune with like how you think and how like you react. And I'm gonna put some resources in the show notes. So if you're curious, I'll definitely have some resources that are widely accessible to anyone, such as BetterHelp. There's also another one that's for if you're in Ontario, Canada, that's available to you. An app that I work with called wellness i'll have it all in the show notes so if you're interested it will be down below and you can always feel free to dm me or hunter i guess too my dms are open you can follow me on my personal (laughs) if i can't give good advice like i'm just here to listen and to end us off what is one piece like overall of advice that you want to leave our listeners with honestly like just you do you it's probably the one thing and and that applies to if you realize like you need to withdraw from a group of friends because they're bad for your mental health you do you you do what's best for you if you want to put yourself out on a dating app like you like just you do what is best for you and that's where everything will blossom and and will come and you'll be set for success I love that and where can the listeners find you in case they want to chat a little further in the dms Oh my God, if you want to be my friend in the DMs, I'd love that. Follow me on my personal at Hunter Saul with two L's. And then you can also follow at shutthefup.ca, just shutthefup, one word, .ca. So everything will be linked down below in case you missed anything. And thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me. you're welcome back anytime and you guys thank you so much for listening don't forget to rate review and subscribe as it really helps support the pod i love you guys so much and we'll chat soon
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.